0: Hello, everybody. I'm Matt McCucci, and you are listening to the Jazz podcast. Podcast. Everybody, Jazz's online editor Matt Mikuchi here, welcoming you to the latest episode of our brand new series of podcast conversations with or about some of the most exciting artists on the jazz and creative music scene today. A series that we simply like to call the Jazz's Podcast. Brace yourselves for an incendiary conversation with Reed Anderson and Dave King, founding members of the seminal jazz group The Bad Plus. This series was brought to you in conjunction with Jazz Is Vinyl Club, a series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz Is editors that is an absolute must for lovers of jazz and vinyl alike. Bassist Reed Anderson and drummer Dave King are founding members of The Bad Plus, one of the defining bands of 21st century jazz, which started out, of course, as a piano trio and has reinvented itself in its latest and soon-to-be-released self-titled album as a dynamic quartet featuring guitarist Ben Maunder and saxophonist Chris Speed. This new full length comes some 21 years after the Bad Plus released their debut album, and it kinda of feels like a new beginning, though their passion for challenging conventions and showcasing their own unique musical language with inimitable drive and intent remains unchanged. Without further ado, fire up on Audio Teeny and listen to the audio waves as they fly through the air. Here are Reed Anderson and Dave King. Hey guys, welcome to the Jazzy's podcast. Thank you. Hello.
1: Good to be here.
0: Uh, it's great to have you uh, guys. Where, what part of the world are you speaking from at the moment?
1: I'm in Brooklyn, New York.
2: I'm in, I'm on the road right now with Julian Lodge, great guitar player. So I'm in Madison, Wisconsin. We were in, we were, where were we yesterday? We were in Bella Fontaine, Ohio. And I know what you're wondering, Reed, what, what are you doing there? And guess where you're going to be in December with me? In You're gonna be in Bella Fontaine, Ohio. Fontaine, Ohio, my friend. Well, I'm All looking right. forward to it. Yeah, it was a very cool old theater. Dave Chappelle lives like a block away. Whatever. Oh, anyway, nice. anyway, he that's might where I uh, was. drop by and watch yeah, oh, you guys yeah. play.
0: Oh yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe. Julian's also got an album coming out, I believe, very very soon. So, yeah
2: most importantly the bad plus is releasing a
1: record yeah don't pay pay attention
2: to the fact that i'm in a a hotel
0: room in madison with julian next door (laughs) (laughs) well we're here to talk about bad plus and on that subject because you know we're going to talk about this new album but first off i just feel like it's important to to kind of take it from the top uh as far as you guys concerned where does the story of the bad plus begin Uh, this is
2: dave uh well, it be it begins a long time ago, actually. Not not to date ourselves, but it, um, uh, Reed and I actually started playing music together very quite quite young. We were about fifteen when we started playing together, um, and I met uh, the original pianist, who many people would know as the the third, you know, the founding member with Reed and I, Ethan Iverson. Uh, Reed met him when he's a few years younger than us and when reed was in one he went to eau claire uh university of eau claire wisconsin for one year and met this young pianist a couple years younger than him and he came home one summer and told me about him and i was living in minneapolis i was about to move to los angeles and he mentioned this kid this, this you know it was only two or three years younger than us but at that point you know that's a huge gap and uh this kid showed up and we, we had a session in, in Reed's, at Reed's house and this was like 1990 and um, that we didn't think anything of it. And then 10 years later, uh, during the 90s, we all kind of incubated in our own scenes and Reed and I continued playing together and Reed and Ethan played a lot together and in, in New York and, and other places um made a few indie records uh, uh, and we... Uh, the three of us got back together in 2000, decided to play some shows for fun. Like we we're, you know, old friends and thinking about what the next step was, uh, you know, getting all of us kind of get it growing tired of either the sideman uh, thing or, you know, trying to keep a, a regular uh, group of people together where people are being pulled apart constantly by the need to work and other things and trying to get rehearsals for your projects is very difficult, especially in New York and everything. And, we got together and played again, and it was quite. We felt it was quite special, and this was uh, in in two thousand. And we made a record shortly thereafter that for a small label called Fresh Sound New Talent. And basically, that was how it how we sort of um, galvanized our connection. Is like we, we really felt we had something uh, special uh, between the three of us, and we made this record, and it it started to get some attention um, critically. And we were playing shows in New York, and, and um, it from there we were able to catch the, um, the eyes and ears of, of some you know, established uh, jazz scenes, the, 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 the critics and also the Columbia r- recording label. And from there we made some records that, that felt like, you know, that, that had some success. And that's literally how, you know, that fast forward 18 years later, Ethan wanted to move on. And Reed and I, you know, a lot of the concept of the Bad Plus, not to lessen anyone's contribution, but a lot of the concept and a a majority of the original music and the choices of covers and things like that really was generated by Reed and I in our early connections. And, you know, and it should be stated that, you know, we, we fought through that sort of lens of the pianist is the leader and the... In jazz, it's so the pianist is the leader, or the saxophonist is the leader, and we're, we've never had a leader in the band, and actually, if I had to, uh, you know, uh, or if I was uh, having to walk the plank and, you know, uh, admit who is the leader of the band, if there was one, I would put it as Reed. Oh. And and being the being the person who's contributed the most music um, to the band over the entirety of our career has been Reed Anderson. And so being a bassist and not someone who solos every song like is normal in jazz. <laughs> um, you know, both Reed and I being serious composers and have always written for the band and uh, the majority of the music, as I said, but Reed made a great point recently saying, you know, we don't write music to feature our own instruments, which I thought was a great quote, Reed. And from that, you know, it, it, it we, we, you know, when Ethan decided to move on, we decided, well, why should we end the Bad Plus just because Ethan doesn't want to do it anymore? We, We had a very large stake in the aesthetic of the band and the history of the band, and we thought this is a perfect moment to change pianists and see um, uh, if the language is intact. And most certainly it was. Orin Evans joined the band for a few albums, and we felt very proud of those records and the fact that the transition was quite seamless with our fans and with everything. And it was sort of like known at that point, the kind of point was hammered home that there is no leader of the Bad Plus. The Bad Plus is, the you know, it sounds this way because of the connection to the original music and the concept and the way that we play together as a band, not as soloists. And so this new chapter was really a great opportunity to completely flip the script, which we sort of tempted before with a record with Wendy Lewis, the singer, we've done some stuff with Joshua Redman, so we've tested the waters of having other members jump in for a record. And I'm sorry to just take up all your time here, but I'm almost done. And it's, and it basically at this point, uh, Reed and I thought, what if we, you know, why, why should we again be at the behest of, you know, these, the, the, the idea of, you know, having somebody commit to this band, which would be very difficult to do 20 years in. Why don't we just, um, find some people that we love, you know, it's just musicians. We don't care what instrument they play. We have no care anymore about keeping the lineage of the piano trio or piano, bass, and drums trio concept. Um, We thought, well, it's our music. He writes, I write. and why don't we get some guys we love and we're friends with and it doesn't matter what instruments they play. And that's where Ben Monder and Chris Vita, longtime cohorts in other projects, uh, said they would love to do it. And commit to it and and make this new sound and that's what we did and that's what we're doing
0: so is it liberating does it feel liberating
1: i think liberating is definitely a great word to describe it i think that's that's what we were feeling when you know of course we when orin decided to move on we were you know again faced with the question of like what do we do do we continue this and um once we wrapped our minds around it and just said, yeah, well, we can do this. with," We can completely change the instrumentation. In fact, we didn't want to be piano, bass, and drums anymore. And that was a real opportunity for us and just, a, just an opportunity to kind of, you know, also one of the things we've always said in this band, and I'm still kind of amazed that it's not more of a subject in jazz in general, but it's about the songs. It's about the writing. You know, it's about the music itself. Jazz is so overly obsessed with like the blowing and like this guy can really play some bad shit or whatever, you know, like it's all fucking, (laughs) so fucking boring at the end of the day. No one's writing any interesting music. And, you know, we're like, well, we write interesting music and our music is going (laughs) to withstand whatever instrumentation we throw at it. So you know, that was basically where we were coming from. It's like, yeah, what a great opportunity for us to like put a spotlight on the music itself and, and you know and also you know, there's an energy that we've been able to tap into which is like it's our music. You know, when Ben and Chris are playing are, you know, we're the bad plus now with with Ben Monder and Chris Speed, and when they're playing, it's their music too. You know, it's not some like sideman backing up the leader jazz bullshit, you know, it's it's so.
2: I I will say that, uh, you know, also to Reed's point, you know, we started this way, you know, with the, with the, with the piano trio. I mean, the idea of, of such an iconic uh, uh, instrumentation in jazz with the pianist, of course, always the leader. And, um, this this idea we felt like you know in in art it, 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 it's to me it's always you know if you study you know whatever painting movement or or whatever um, you know any group of artists uh, whether it be dance painting uh, drama music anything it, it, you, to me you're always t- in order to innovate you're always trying to find that one little sliver of opening. It's not like you have to reinvent everything all the time. Or this idea that people reinvent art and do these—it's bullshit. It's it, it, you find one tiny bit of real estate, and when you can find something personal within that real estate, you, you, that if you can blow that open with the right timing and the right people and the right, you know, energy and the forthright to just seize that moment. And we really felt like, you know, the the piano, you know, Ethan and I and Reed were like. This idea of like, you know, more group oriented improvising. And you could say maybe the Keith Jarrett standards trio had this sort of, you know, circular way of playing together. But there was no doubt that Keith Jarrett was the conceptualist behind that, especially with the repertoire being a standards repertoire and all these other things. And for us, it was like the repertoire is blown wide open. Aphex Twin is the same as an original piece of music. Is the same as a standard. Is the same as whatever. It, no hierarchy. Just, just find a sound um, that challenges um, those uh, you know well-worn paths. And in a way, what we've discovered along the way is the opening is still there for group music in jazz. Like no substitutes. No, um, you know, it's like, you know, no revolving casts of, you know, like, well, Ben's not going to be able to be there. So, you know, now we've got, you know, whoever on guitar, you know, it's it's more like you make the band and then the band plays together. You have a repertoire that everyone feels like they're a part of. It's not a side man, side person relationship no leader-centric thinking. It's like the composer seems to have the right-of-way in our band, and then everybody gets to kind of figure out their way of personalizing it. And in a way, it still blows my mind 21 years in. I mean, you see some bands here and there. But to me, there always is a clear point person within these bands. And... We feel like, you know, it's like a still, if you want to play improvised music, you want to make a splash of any kind, figure out a way to find something personal and try and find people that are equally committed and... Um, whatever instrumentation it is and, and write some interesting music that doesn't ro- revolve around just an incredible blowing form and everybody playing as many 30 second notes displaced as they can within one bar, you know, make some music that stretches out beyond, beyond just making music for, you know, graduate students at fucking Eastman. And 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 try and connect the shit to somebody, and I'm telling you, man, it's like it's still wide open. Can you? Bl- I mean, I'm sorry to say <laughs> it, but it's like, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, Reed said it right. It's like, man, it, you know, sometimes it would be argued what tradition we're coming from. I mean, go back and listen to Duke Ellington, or Thelonious Monk. Those are songs. You don't hear, you know. I mean, there's songs. You know, we're coming from the tradition of. Every time, anytime anybody comes to hear us, you're going to hear a bunch of actual songs that people improvise with, some it, hopefully interesting interplay and soloing. But at the end of the day, each piece is going to have its own little biosphere, its own little geodesic dome, and you will have an ex- hopefully have an experience that's unique from song to song. And that's what we want to have, and that's what we want to give somebody. And that is the thread that connects all of these lineups of the Bad Plus is it's, it's not like these new guys come in and there's going to be a 35-minute saxophone solo on something. It's just like, it's more like, nope, here's what it is. It's it's Here's
1: the statement, make the statement, and get out. Yeah, basically we're dropping some serious inf- secret information to who anybody, anyone out there who's listening, is that there's a, there is a wide open net. If you want to just make something, like Dave said, interesting and personal, like, do it, and there will be good results that come from it.
2: And and the audience will grow, and, the, and and the audiences will grow for the music, you know. Right now, there's there's cats growing the music, like like um, like McCraven, all these guys um, that are growing the music. Uh, Chewbacca uh, Hutchinson, all these people, right? And and they're growing the music through a different lens. The lens they're growing it through, from what I can tell, is the use of of DJ culture, the use of um, um, of of other influences. And and it's like there's their sliver, see. So if their influences is some of the great '60s stuff like Alice Coltrane, or or, or you know you have someone like um, um you know um some of the West Coast cats right now, um you know if you it even begins with something like Flying Lotus, something where there's like more people paying attention to jazz, whether it be through you know um through hip hop, through through other things, there's a, there's an audience growing underneath that. Now, there's an exact, exact example about finding some real estate and, and, and making the music that you want to make that's, that's not dumbing it down, but is, is creating some sort of accessible channel to music lovers. And if, and, if, and if all streams of jazz from the avant-garde to everything kind of had in its mind this idea that this music, we always felt like we love this stuff. We say this all the time. We love this stuff. We think you will, too. And in many ways, we feel like a band that has been on the front lines for over two decades of this idea of you can make really interesting music, you can make really sophisticated music with twists and turns and chops and all the shit, but you can also make it like good. Like someone wants to listen to it. They're not bored by it. They're not they're not sitting around while you're having a blast noodling around. Um most people are bored with that and think about you know art history for a second you know you could sit there and labor labor over your forms all you want but is it connecting to anyone or anything outside the people whose lives are you know devoted to every you know <laughs> grain of nuance within that art form you know that you have to ask yourself that question
1: and i and i also think that that's like that is kind of the point at the end of the day and something that again like just, let's just be honest. Like there's an, you're playing for an audience and you want to connect with that audience. And it's like, how do you connect with the audience? Well, I mean, a lot of people are like, well, that's stupid. You can't, you can't dumb it down for the audience. We're like, who's talking about dumbing anything down? You know, like this is such an impossible conversation to have. It always leads down these alleyways of like, Oh, well, yeah, but that's selling out or whatever, but that's so unimaginative of a response, you know, totally. like you gotta use your imagination, play, you know, come from an honest place, you know? And like yeah, David's saying, yeah, a lot of music is, is, is finding a, an audience through its connection to, to hip hop or whatever. Yeah. And that's great. As long as it's from an honest place, but then you've got all these schools of fish that follow it. Like, Oh yeah, we got to make hip hop jazz. Now it's like, fuck that shit. Make some honest stuff that you like. If, if you're not into hip hop, don't make hip hop jazz. You know? Yeah, and know, at the, the end of the, the day,
2: the, yeah, the fucking Clash wasn't sitting around going, "Gee, I hope nobody shows up at our shows," you know. Yeah. But they have all the integrity; they had all the integrity in the world because they were playing the music they loved if something was honest. Yeah. There should be no and, difference. And that's between how you that reach an in jazz.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's how you reach an audience. And you know why? And, and I'm sorry to say this. Maybe this is a little uh, a little bit um, extreme of me to say, but like a lot of people don't like jazz, um, and the reason they don't like jazz. I think has something to do with a lot of the musicians playing it actually don't like jazz. Is that too radical to say?
0: (laughs) What do you mean by that?
1: In order to play jazz on a high level, it requires an enormous amount of effort and real talent. And, and people invest themselves in the mechanics of what it takes to do that. And, you know, I think maybe there's a shift that's been happening in the last, maybe the last, decade. I don't know. Whatever. Like like I'm in touch with anything. But um, I think what ends up happening is people feel this responsibility to like always be you know like always fly the flag for jazz in what they're doing. And jazz meaning like it kind of funnels down to this kind of thing where it's like, oh well, there's got to be blowing and you know we got to be like doing something you know that's that can be, we don't want people to think we can't do this, you know, because we put so much work into it, you know? So, so the focus becomes on like, oh, well, we've invested all, so much of our talent and energy in, into being able to do this. And then like what gets left behind is like, well, is it actually compelling? And, and I know for a fact, the reason I say that with such, <laughs> with such uh, confidence is that, you know, I know musicians and I know what they're what they like and what they're into and you know it's often not really what their the kind of music it's not really connected with the kind of music they make in their daily lives
0: The track you are hearing just now is from the latest self-titled album by The Bad Plus, to be released this Friday, September 30th, on Edition Records. Here The Bad Plus continue challenging conventions, pushing their inimitable approach to jazz in boundary-breaking new directions, this time reinventing themselves as a dynamic quartet, with founding members drummer Dave King and bassist Reed Anderson, joined by guitarist Ben Monder and saxophonist Chris Speed. And if you love jazz and vinyl, be sure to check out Jazz's Vinyl Club, a new series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz's editors and featuring some of the most exciting jazz artists from yesterday and today that we regularly cover in the print version of Jazz Is, and these Jazz Is podcasts. Go to jazzis.com and click on Join Vinyl Club. And now, for the second part of our conversation with Dave King and Reed Anderson.
2: What, what it's... What, a lot of, lot of music... A lot, a lot of uh, creative music and jazz music made today, in my opinion... There's a golden age of bold, in-your-face technique, okay? In fact, a lot of the music that I hear going on today, personally, has more to do with some of the Chop's 80s fusion world than it does the, you know, pre-70s jazz world. Um, And, like, you know... um, you know you're talking about like the every, we, we use these grids as well odd time signatures all, all these other tools but in a way when I listen to and I try to listen to a lot of music because I love you know uh, and there's a lot of creative music being made but sometimes when you hear the gods that are prayed to through the music I think to Reed's point I'm not sure if I hear a love of jazz within a lot of it I think I hear a love of technique Within a lot of it, like I hear a love of trying to play the most uh, maximalist ideas at every second without actual dis- like choices being made. Like the choice is to burn the fucker down, not 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 the choice of um, well maybe I'll maybe I'll use some space here. Or maybe the phrase needs this type of minimalistic approach or maybe that, you know, we can we can we can allow in other influence that doesn't have to do necessarily with making the choice be to be the most complex all the time. And maybe if that's your person, maybe if that's your personal, you know, uh, life, uh, you know, your, your mantra, your personal life goal. I, but I mean, at the end of the day, if I'm listening to some hyper complicated modern jazz shit and I'm like, whoa, you know, whoa is my response. And then I put on Ornick Holman um, rambling. I'm not going, whoa, anymore. I'm going, wow. Listen to how that cuts through all the bullshit. And 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 it's like, part of our goal has always been, whether or not we've always achieved it, I don't know. That's for the history books. But I'm saying our goal has always been to have a a, a, a large emotional um, a playing field, one where there is a technical agenda, but the agenda is not only served by, can't, are you the baddest cat in the room? The agenda is, are we making imaginative original music that is ours? That is that it can only come from these certain people. It, and, it, and, and if it's attempted to be emulated, it will be very obvious. And, and that life's work is now in its third decade, by the way. And, with again some iconoclastic thinking guys like Chris Speed and Ben Monder where th- these are not your garden variety guitarists and saxophonists you know what i mean they're not just showing up and shredding everybody and that's their statement these are like very discerning thinking about what is needed in the moment what what is an what is an original thing to say in this moment and maybe maybe there isn't as much to say in this moment, and maybe there's something to just coast on in this moment. These types of in-the-moment in choices, not to be hyper, you know, like, um, you know, not to play the, the sort of like tangential game here with you like Reed and I are doing right now, but it's an important thing to say moving into the third decade of this BAM is that, you know, the gods we've prayed to have always been, who's making original, interesting, imaginative music that isn't boring and is still sophisticated and it doesn't seem like it's driven only by instrumentalists. It's driven by something deeper, something something that's, 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 that's taking the time to uh, consider, you know, uh, consider what's needed, what is the right tool for the job instead of just throwing everything you got And I just, you know, man, musicians love to play their instruments. You know what I mean? (laughs) They love to sit down and go, woo, (laughs) and they play their instruments. And, you know, sometimes that's, you know, amazing. The joy that goes into that's amazing. and There's some incredible technique going on. But is that enough? And if if that question isn't being asked, I don't know what to say. That's the question we're constantly asking each other. How about that?
1: Yeah.
0: So when you're talking about choices in the moment, you're not only referring to, you know, music, the music itself. You're talking about something that beyond goes beyond that, right? Goes beyond the technique and the
2: Absolutely. It's it's it, you know, and I think that, that that's something that I've I've been equally inspired by, by by the 18 years we were together with Reed and Ethan. Um m- me myself being inspired by the the willingness, the, the willingness to do something, the, the, this idea that we're, we, we were willing to have a song that was that could be viewed on the surface as sort of, oh, maybe that's kind of simple, quote unquote, And yet, Yet you have all these other, you know, tantric philosophies in the world that are based in simplicity is like the most difficult, most joyous, most incredible thing. Like, and so where is that principle when it comes to modern, you know, jazz or, or, or classical music or anything it's this principle that no 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 we got to show what we got what we got to show yet, yet any meditative principle is so it's like the healthiest position you can be is to boil shit down to the necessity of what your statement is and and it, I, here i am talking and i play a ton of notes and i play a ton of stuff and i do whatever but I like to think that we've always decided that we would have the willingness to pull back, the willingness to say, "What if this just goes da 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 da?" da. What if you dig craft work and you also improvise? What if you, what if you're, what if your, what if your influences come from all over the place in your life experience, and you hold them true to your heart, and you're honest about it, and you know what you're doing on your instrument, and you're making choices in the moment, and you're thinking like an imaginative,
0: creative person. And what about the the E-word, like emotions? Yeah, well, leaving yourself available to, for complex emotions. That's
2: one thing that we've always talked about. Reed's saying, you know, the, like these simple equations that can be made. Oh, can you play or not? It's like, well, first of all, everybody can play. So let's just get that out of the way right now. If you're making records in jazz music, I don't care if you hear somebody and you think, can they really play? Everybody can fucking play. It's, it's come on. I mean, is everybody, you know, is everybody, you know, Chris Potter on the saxophone is everybody, Josh Redman. No, but there everybody can hang. Everybody can play on some level. If you're making records, even if you're some minimalist cats, like toward Gustafson or whatever, there's something going on there. That's heavy somewhere. And the thing is, is that that's the complex emotional landscape. Like, okay, well, I want to find this thing. Sometimes I don't understand what's going on. Sometimes I understand everything that's going on. But if if somebody is saying something that's got some remotely personal, complex emotional space, and you can hear that vulnerability instead of just this slash and burn, we're just going to kick the shit out of everybody and leave town – then to me, that's far less interesting than someone that's being dramatic, that's hanging themselves out there. I'll bring up the Keith Jarrett trio one more time. Is one, you know, the three masters, Keith Jarrett, Jack DeJohnette, Gary Peacock, without question, one of the things that was attractive to me about that group is the idea that not only Keith got two, uh, you know, guys, you're not going to be thinking immediately like, oh man, I want to put together a standards repertoire group. I better get Gary Peacock and Jack DeJohnette. You know, that doesn't mean they aren't the masters of all time, but those guys are not, they're not to me the first idea of some cats to play some standards with, but the way that they would go about it blew, blew everyone's idea, to me, away of how to approach that music in a modern landscape, and this is the early 80s, of course. To me, that was the forebear of like. Well, how do you make these? You know, the, ha, you know. There's times where they're. You know, j- there's times where arguably, there's the beat has been turned around. All of these other vulnerable places that are within it. That's very attractive to me. You know what I mean? By that, it's like it's like it's like they were really improvising and going for it within these frameworks. They're, they're, they weren't just sitting there playing like all the shit they know. They were actually dramatically going for things and finding new spaces by being vulnerable. So in a way, when you mention emotions, it's like making yourself available and and, and vulnerable to emotional landscapes within the music is, very, is an incredibly important tool that I would say to me, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a no-brainer that it has to be there. And for me, it most certainly has to be there for me to connect to the music. Other than that, I'm just connecting to a two-dimensional onslaught of technique. And that, again, to me, harkens back to eras where that was all that was important. Not some other space. Not, not some deeper cultural references and, 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 and um, regional references in the music
1: the, the transcend technique. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's, it's almost like, well, if you want to talk about emotion, like what else are we talking about here at the end of the day? What is like, we're, that's what we're trying to communicate here. We're not trying to communicate, um, you know, like, like Dave said, it's just like technique or anything like that. Like, and that's where, and that's where it harkens back to like, the material that you're playing, it's like, yeah, yes, it's how you play it, but it's like, what are you playing? Like, if so if you're like, yeah, okay, you're playing standards, you're playing these, like some of the greatest songs ever written, and there, it's, uh, you know, there's, there's a whole range of ways to do that from extremely boring background music to the Keith Jarrett trio, for example. But, you know, the fact is, at the end of the day, the Keith Jarrett trio is playing the great song, you know, they're playing that songbook. So, that's what's compelling about it not the, the way they're playing of course but it's not in the abstract you know it's not you can't abstract it from the material itself so so I think you know one of the things we always keep hammering home is like it's about the tunes it's about the writing it's about like it's about the emotional landscape landscape that's available through the material
0: mm-hmm but it's so then it's also about where you are at the moment in which you are recording it right because you know when i think about this album like we talked about earlier your your first album uh, which is now known as motel uh listening to it now what what do, what do you feel like i mean do do you recognize yourselves within it and do you feel like you're in a different place to say where you are now with this new record
1: i mean that's it's almost like yeah of course i mean this is 20 years later Um, but you know, I can say at the time and, you know, I think this kind of backs up what we're saying, like we did that record, it was out, out on fresh sound, which is a great label that gave a lot of people an opportunity to record that wouldn't have had that opportunity. But what we did at the time was absolutely completely honest. And I remember after we recorded it, Ethan called me up. And he, was, he had been listening to it, and he was listening to, um, I think, Knowing Me, Knowing You, the ABBA tune that we did. And he was like, I don't think I've ever heard anything like this before. And it was like, yeah. Because we, I mean, because we were just like, at that point, we were all just like, fuck this shit. Like, we're just going to do what we want to do, what we think is interesting, you know? I think that you know when we did that we made that choice it wasn't a choice to provoke anyone or be like you know thumb our nose at jazz it was it was like this is a great tune what happens if you take this where there's no preordained path like a jazz standard what if you take a song like this and just have to figure it out for yourself and have to make and have to use your imagination and that's what we did and it was completely honest and you know, the fact that little record got some attention for us because of, because of that, that kind of honest statement. There, I, I think if I were to listen back to that or if I'm just imagining that record right now, like we, we did something, you know. At the end of the day, we, we did something that no one else was doing. No one else – a lot of people hadn't even thought of doing
2: it. Yeah, and that's the idea right there of him saying no one is, – is the, is the idea of it's success. Oh, you can have a very simple, uh, un-nuanced, um, uh, uh, you know, sort of categorization of the event by saying, oh, it's an ABBA tune and that's why people liked it. That's hilarious to me. It's an ABBA tune and that's why people liked it. It's like, what? Like, what we did to it didn't have anything to do with how it was translating into some other lens that made it sort of new and interesting. Whereas it wasn't just jazz guys covering Beatles tunes or, or the other fodder, you know, Radiohead or whatever. It was like, no, take it out of the scope completely. More in the tradition almost of Miles Davis playing time after time and, or Bill Frizzell playing Live to Tell and and, and whatever this other landscape is that we had been toying with for a decade before that, Reed and I were. And it's like the whole idea was that that to hang your hat on some sort of complicated statement immediately is a serious
0: jazz trio never going
2: ha, ha 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 abba how lame more like
0: what a great song number one well, yeah also when i think about that it's like that you know, I listening to that album, I mean, there's an ABBA tune, but there's also a Nirvana tune. So, die-hard ABBA fans wouldn't necessarily like Nirvana, Nirvana die-hard fans wouldn't necessarily like ABBA. But if you listen to the Bad Plus, you probably like both because, you know, if the music is good, it's good. It's what good. are going to do? And there's
2: also a cover, there's also a version of Blue Moon on there, which is one of my favorite things we ever did to this day. Right. Oh, and right. so, and also the ABBA tune. When I go back and hear that record, which I actually did recently, and the record is subtly titled Motel, but but that but 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 the 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 whole point of when I went back and listened to it was hearing what we were trying to do was sort of smash through that piano trio lens, both dynamically, there's a very unhinged, sort of irrational dynamic sizes here and there. There's choices being made that aren't necessarily the most, you know, aesthetically correct, quote unquote. And you know, there are definitely avant-garde. Uh, you know, our relationship to the avant-garde, which has always been first and foremost, a, a very real connection between the three of us, and to all streams of jazz. It's not like, like Reed said, we we're trying to make some statement, thumbing our nose. The three of us love many periods of jazz music and have have dealt in those zones uh, very seriously. And, and and both professionally, amateur, as students, as 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 leaders of groups, everything. There's there's recorded evidence of this, and so we we felt like you know that there therein lies the ability to take take something, make yourself vulnerable, put yourself in front of people, and then you can have the cynical you know reaction of like, oh, it's an obitune, or ha ha ha. It's Iron Man or ha ha. I'm like, Iron Man? Really? Ha ha ha? I mean, I'd rather listen to Iron Man than <laughs> Oh, don't get me started. It. Don't get me started. <laughs> I mean, you're you're sitting around okay, the three of us are sitting around, somebody's having a somebody's having a somebody's having a few we're having a few wines. You know, we're having we're having we're sharing a bottle of wine and and, and and we've got, you know, a lot of modern jazz is on the box, and it's all killing. Everybody's, woo, everybody's playing their ass off. And then Iron Man comes on by Black Sabbath. Are the three of us not looking at each other? I don't care where you're from in the world. Are you three of us? Are, are Is everybody not looking at each other going, this is pretty killing? You know what I mean? <laughs> it doesn't have to be like... This is the most sophisticated thing that's ever happened in music. It's more like, what is the emotional statement there? There's something going on there that's kind of a vibe, right? I mean, if Back in Black comes on, if, 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 a, if a Tribe Called Quest record comes on and I'm in the room, I'm, I'm going, damn, this is good. You know what I mean? It, it it doesn't mean all hip hop is amazing. It doesn't mean all modern jazz. If if I hear a Craig Taborn tune, I know that's a bad motherfucker. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be unique. He's not gonna need to blow all the time. He's gonna be. There's some other quotient going on there, and we feel like that's the sort of family we've always. Been in and attracted to someone will that will make the decision to not go down. You know, to try to create a landscape where you have to kind of find why it is you like what it is. You know, does that
1: make and sense? And also just and, and also don't kid yourself about what's powerful. What strikes you as powerful? You know, you don't have to deny it because you know uh, Iron Man is powerful. You can, di- you know, I I think. I think we would all agree that that's like a powerful statement when you hear that, come on. And so like take that into account, accept that, accept that you find that powerful. That's something available to you and your own music, you know? Like for us, like sometimes it's the powerful thing is just to play like a straight beat and eighth notes and like not nothing fancy and that's powerful. And, you know, it's like a lot of people just can't, handle that they they can't they, they've got to just like gild the lily somehow or like or <laughs> they 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 don't feel like they're being represent like all their hard work and talent is being represented enough by doing something like that and i think that's a mistake and 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 the audience knows that too the audience wants to be engaged and it can be engaged on all kinds of levels and let's never underestimate the audience you know like the audience only wants to hear this or that no the audience wants to hear something that's Powerful. That's interesting. That's compelling. You know, and yeah, if it involves a high level of technique, amazing. That's fantastic. If it doesn't, that's also amazing. As long as it's powerful and compelling.
0: Yeah,
2: and when we've traveled into those roads of the odd time grid, uh, we have a ton of music on all of our records that has all of the the fixins of you know uh, uh, hyper uh, complicated grid systems of this and that and. Um, we've traveled in a lot of in and out of a lot of the roads of all of our generations' work. You know, the post '70s um, uh, use of you know uh, a broader use of you know, chromaticism and 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 <clears throat> serial rhythms and blah 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 and odd time signatures and all these things. But for us, there was always this need, and I and I have to say this, this is true. This is I think in many ways when you go and you hear how we use these tools and always have. Um, there's a song there, there's a reason there behind it. There's something within those things, there's something singing. And, you know, uh, that's what I kind of mean about when I hear people playing the technique versus playing something that actually has some sort of organized concept around a song.
0: So let's talk about that in in terms of this album then. I mean, that kind of, uh, was there anything in particular that was in your mind while you were working on this album, something that you wanted to communicate and again we go back to maybe being in that in that moment in your life even.
1: I think on some level and you know I'll just maybe I'm just speaking for myself here Dave I don't know. But I think every time we make a record outside of you know the the obvious of like yeah of course we're trying to make the best record possible. But I think there like we we're outsiders on some level and always have been. And there's there's a strength to that. And I think that we're always trying to tap into that as well. Like, you know, be like, you know what? We're outsiders and that means we're kind of liberated in a certain way. And we can so so we've we've found we've kind of claimed that freedom for ourselves. But also there's, you know, there's always a kind of energy to that too on the other side where it's like, well, we gotta prove ourselves here, you know? So we're always Always trying to prove ourselves and always trying to hold ourselves up to a very high standard in order to, you know, to break through um, as outsiders. I mean, I, I just hope I hope we're ultimately
2: being really clear here because we're dropping a lot of like Dave and Reed are in their fifties and we're just a bunch of we're, we're just like fucking been there, done that. But the thing, the <laughs> thing I want to mention to you and to all your readers to see it, you know, uh, ultimately, uh, you know, like what we're attempting to say is, is that <clears throat> from a position of being the dr- drummer and the basis of a band that's been around for 22 years. Um, and, and also, you know, like I said, if you do the math on the amount of uh, original compositions of uh, the concept behind the bad plus, you know, a lot of that engine room has come from reading uh, our, our partnership for, from Mayan uh, Reed's a partnership, which is is over 35 years in total. and, this all we're trying to say is when 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 we this is kind of the lens we go through when we make anything we it's never enough to show up with some tunes and, and and it's just like yeah and you do that and then we just blow and everybody sounds unreal and then that's it it's and i'm not saying that that's everybody's modus operandi but i'm saying the evidence of a landscape of conceptual you know record making and all these other things you know like like You know, uh, having multiple composers within a band, not having a leader, having a name, having no uh, a name of a band, I should say, having no substitutes. These are these are the open challenges we put on ourselves. And so when when we're talking like this, going like, hey, everybody, you know, we're still here cranking away, um, throwing down on a very high level, we think, (laughs) and making consistent, interesting records with, you know, interesting artwork and an interesting vibe and then rolling out on the road as much as anybody has ever toured ever in any art form and trying to bring the music out there to people and be a part of our community and be a part of the improvising uh, and jazz music community all all we're trying to say at the end of the day is is uh, what's healthy for the music is to is to make sure that you you are playing for an audience you are thinking about you know what what it is you're throwing out there. You're, cons- you're you're thinking about it a little bit deeper than just how amazing and how fun it is to play your instrument on a, on an incredibly high level. And you get cats that can all play together. Everybody shreds, and that's the statement. I think that at the end of the day, the audience will always grow when there's some other quotient going on, whether it be using something that's a, that's that's a, that's a, that's a technique that challenges all of those other uh, 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 you know processes. Processes, or one that, you know, makes yourself available for some complicated emotional spaces and makes yourself vulnerable and, and more obtainable by an audience. And this has nothing to do with, you know, those words, again, those insipid idea of selling out. No one can be selling out playing instrumental, complicated music. If, you know, I mean, there's nothing to sell out to. <laughs> It's like, it's like we're not sitting on stage with like, you know, fans blowing back our no hair, you know, we're with flash pots going off and like, like trying to make easy conclusion music. We're trying to make sophisticated, complicated statements, but make them not boring, make them relatable on some emotional wavelength, not change the actual, uh, you know, uh, structure at all. It's more of an emotional, uh, you know. Do we find this interesting? Yes, we will. F- we think you will as well. And so it's yeah, not. You don't about- want to
0: just be making an album
2: for the sake of making it. Yeah, an exactly, album. and and, actually- and not feeling like we're sitting up here complaining about our peers or these things. Our peers, there's so much amazing music and so many amazing musicians. It's more like this kind of music as as a whole. Um, ha- as an entirety, which is so many different streams and so many different ideas, you know, you have incredible music. You have you know you know you got Nicholas Payton and you got Derek Bailey and you got blah blah. It's, there's so much stuff you can be listening to, you know, especially with availability now and all of the you know it's it's all it's so many brilliant purveyors of all these different styles, and it's more like just the call to to everybody to all of us to sort of remember that. It's not just about how much you slay on your instrument and how many notes you can play within a bar, and how sophisticated your 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 art concept is. It's it's got to connect some other spaces as well in order to make this these audiences grow. We have these new channels to get the music out there, and it's like is the music is the music doing the job as well? Not just the fact that you have a really healthy Instagram following, you know, is what you're making really like. Something heavy. And all I'm saying is we're trying to do that. We continue to try to do that every time out. We never sit back and go, let's just, let's just, you know, play some tunes and have everybody shred. You know, it's, it, there's something there that we always say to ourselves, that's not enough, man. You got to have, there's something else to make us, you know, to, there's some, there's something else that we need. There's some other tool that we need and we want and that's the, 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 the crew that we belong to the, the world, you know, the art world that we belong to is one where we're constantly actually questioning ourselves over everything else.
1: I think an important question to ask is what do you want to fill the silence with? You know, what do you want to hear? You know, like really, really think about that. That's that that opens up a vast universe.
0: Guys, uh, it's been a fascinating conversation, and just uh, I, I, I wish all all of our podcasts could be like this. This is this is really special, a special one. <laughs> well, I sure. hope, yeah, I hope
2: I hope I, I hope we've been clear. You know, uh, and and thank oh, you yeah. so much for 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 listening to a, a couple of old goats talk about their music. <laughs>
0: But well, there's nothing uh, you don't you, you know what you, you don't you don't sound old in the sense that you know first of all you're not old. No, we're not. We're young at heart too, aren't we reed we still got it.
1: That's right. Check out the new album.
0: The Bad Plus. Thanks guys. enjoyed our incendiary conversation with Dave King and Reed Anderson. And if you love jazz and vinyl, be sure to check out our Jazz Is Vinyl Club. Join the club and we will send you four premium limited edition color vinyl albums mailed directly to you. Just go to jazzis.com and click on Join Vinyl Club for more. And as Music From The Bad Plus, released on September 30th on Edition Records, plays us out... I encourage you to keep an eye out for more Jazz's podcasting content coming at you real soon. In the meantime, this is Matt Mikuchi signing off. See you soon.